internet brand strategist Sandra Beck interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel to telecommuting from home to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey everybody, we are here today with Lee Richardson and she's written this really great book called Turn Your Brain On to Get Your Game On. Now, you guys have listened to me for, gosh, 10 years now. Motherhood Talk Radio has been on the air and Coach Talk Radio has been on for seven or eight. So that's a lot of episodes. So I want to thank you guys for sticking with me for this long. And we're talking about my favorite body part, the brain. Because to me, if I take good care of my brain, everything else seems to go pretty well for that day. And yes, I'm a fitness instructor and I specialize in senior fitness. But honestly, if I don't take good care of my brain, everything else seems to fall apart. And that's why I'm so excited for Lee Richardson to be my guest today. Because when I saw the title, like, turn your brain on to get your game on, like, that just resonated with me. So, Lee, how come brains? I mean, you're beautiful, you're blonde, you don't look like a zombie that's going to eat brains, but what do brains do for you? Because <laughs> they turn me on. Everything you do, you don't do, how well you do it, it's all about what's going on in your brain, you know? And I learned the hard way when your brain gets dysregulated that it can, what it can do to your life. I have two boys that are now grown, but when they were in second grade, one got hit by a car and the other one watched it. Who am I more worried about? So I grab them both. We go to the ER and yes, he's had a concussion. But if this, this, and this happens, you're good. So this, this, and this happened and we were good until the fifth grade. The fifth grade, and this was over 20 years ago, my son that got hit by the car comes to me and says, Mom, I need your help. Okay, how can I help? You know, what's up? Oh, what's up? Yeah. Can I have a math problem? Like, what can I do? <laughs> you know, he said, well, I, I have ADHD. And I said, I don't know what that is. How can you have something that I don't know what it is? So what is it? And he proceeds to tell me. And I said, okay, well, I got this. I'm going to go to the school and I'm going to talk to the counselor. I do, blah, blah, blah. The counselor says, your kid doesn't have ADHD. Your kid's never failed anything. He's never been a behavior problem. Your kid's lazy. And I said, well, okay. If my kid is lazy, my kid asked me to help him. How can I help him? Right. And she said, put him on Ritalin. And I said, well, you just tell me there's nothing wrong with my kid. Why would I, why would I give him speed? Because that is what, what Ritalin is. Right. And she said, well, that's the only thing you can do. So from my undergrad, I knew, no, that's not true. And I started looking. And what I found was a neurologist. And he was doing neurofeedback. And, you know, I never really cared. To have twins, one is very, very book smart. The one that had the brain injury, he's very, very intuitive. He's so on it. And, you know, I'm like, I don't, I don't need two kids that make straight A's, but I need two kids that feel good about themselves yes. and their self-confidence is high. And I had noticed ever since he asked for my help, 
But that self-confidence was just going down, down, down. And I thought, well, that I've got to fix. Right. I don't care about the grades, but that I've got to fix. And so when I started him on the neurofeedback and I saw, oh my gosh, I mean, I have two graduate degrees. You may have more than that. Did you ever have a class in self-confidence or self-esteem? I didn't. I mean, the only way that has to come from within. And yes, there are things as parents that we do to help our children develop that and to reinforce it, but it's got to come from inside. And when that brain gets dysregulated, it impacts everything and it starts there. And that is where my obsession, well, I don't know if obsession, but fascination with the brain started. What does oh dysregulation mean? You use that word twice. I don't know what dysregulation means. It means the brain's not working. Oh, okay. There's, <laughs> there's different, I mean, that's the way I look at it. It's either regulated or dysregulated. Gotcha. Anxiety, depression, ADHD, OCD, some forms of, of autism. You know, it's all about how that brain is working or not working. And when it's not working at that optimal rate, I call it dysregulation. I don't like to put diagnosis on there, you know, or labels, because I've had so many kids come and say, well, you know, Miss Lee, I can't do that because I have ADHD. And my response to that is baloney. <laughs> you can at least try to do that. Sure. And I have found putting a label in isn't the most productive way to create change. No, no. You know, I think of like, you know, my siblings and I, and even my kids, you know, we've all been, you know, diagnosed over the years as Asperger's or on the spectrum or what are some of the other ones? I mean, we do have dyslexia and that required us all to have a little bit of, you know, changing in our learning patterns. We did a lot more audio than, than reading, you know, so I get that there's adjustment things, but I am so much more than the label somebody put on me. And I think, you know, that's all about thinking because what you're telling me and what I'm hearing is that the label that someone places upon us can be either an excuse to not even try, or it can define us even before we've had a chance to define ourselves. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, at that younger age, if somebody defines you, if a doctor or an authority figure tells you that this is the way it is, you, you accept it. You say, wow, okay. Um, now, as we get older, we learn to push back and we learn to ask for more data and we do some research, but well, some of us do and some of us don't, you know, because dysregulated is a word I say a lot when that brain is dysregulated, just the thought of, okay, I need to research this and I need to figure out the right answer for me. That can be very overwhelming. Sure. Well, and I think like, you know, I was like 40 years old before I realized like scatterbrained was actually my gift. You know, that was what I was called all growing up. Oh, she's scatterbrained. She's scatterbrained. She's always thinking about something else. She's not paying attention, blah, 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 blah. Well, the scatterbrainedness is what makes me really good at my job today. And I wish scatterbrained was a compliment in those days. It just wasn't. But it's one of the things that makes me really good at my job. Now, Lee, I want to thank our sponsor today. Um, today's show is being sponsored by Beta Brand. And if you don't know who they are, they're those cool pants. You know, they're stylish, they're comfortable, they're professional. And you know, 
when I go to work, Lee, I am like shot out of a cannon. I am single, soul supporting, and I kind of have decision fatigue. And I really don't want to make a decision every morning what I wear because what I wear have to go from the car to the office, to the school, to the sports arena, maybe back to the office and then to the grocery store and then to cook dinner and home. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to change my clothes like three or four times a day. So, and I like to look nice. And so I think these beta brand pants are super cool because they're called beta brand dress pant yoga pants. Like you get to decide, which for me, that's really cool. And they come in dozens of colors, patterns, cuts, styles. Like I like boot cut and I like my straight leg. I'm not so great about the skinny or the cropped because I'm not like 20 years old. I'm a little bit over 40. And they do have a pair with eight pockets, which I really want to order just because I want to see what I can put in eight pockets in my pants. <laughs> like, it's just kind of a personal challenge. Um, but right now, our listeners can get 20% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com slash motherhood talk. That's 20% off your first order at betabrand.com slash motherhood talk. And you know, millions of women agree that these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever where to work. Go to betabrand.com slash motherhood talk for 20% off. Now, Lee, you can see me. Our listeners can't. I'm going to kick my leg up. I got them on. And they are super, super comfortable. And I have a pullover sweater because today in Southern California, it's like 39. I don't know what's going on with the environment, but um, grab a pair of these pants. You'll be glad you did. You can wear them from work to dress to um, you know, zipping around and they're super comfortable, just like a pair of yoga pants and lots of colors, lots of cool things to pick from betabrand.com slash motherhood talk for 20% off. Lee, don't you just want to run out and get a pair? I do. If you'd have <laughs> lifted that leg a little bit higher, I might've been on, on the website. <laughs> They are, but I mean, here I am sitting in my office in a U-shaped desk talking to you, and I'm actually able to lift my leg up, you know, and put it up on camera, which, you know, tells you that those pants are not, <laughs> they're not, they're, they're not binding, that's for sure. That's right. That's right. So boy, you come on the show to be a brain expert and you get flashed by my beta brand pants. Um, so betabrand.com slash motherhood talk for 20% off. Um, but you know, we talk about, you know, feeling comfortable in our pants, but you know, you have to be comfortable, like being comfortable in your pants is one thing, but being comfortable in your body, I think really stems from your thoughts. It stems from the brain and we're talking about brains today. Absolutely. And, you know, so many people eating disorders is, is an, it's a very complex subject, but it, what I believe it starts with negative thoughts. Negative thoughts create negative feelings. Negative feelings create negative actions. And, you know, the, the research that's being done on that, UNC has got some amazing research out there. But every single case study that I've read, those people suffer from either depression or anxiety or both. Or both. Or well, both. I can tell you, you know, I was treated for an eating disorder in college and I can almost guarantee you like where it started. I started swimming professionally or competing at age four. And wow. so, yeah, really young. And I swam through college, you know, and I ended my swimming career in my college. 
And Lee, I will tell you, standing up on those blocks with a tiny bathing suit on, because I was part of that, you know, 80s, 90s, where everything started to become high cut in the hip, your tushies hanging out, the U-shaped back, and it barely covered your chest kind of thing. And, you know, when you're a high school girl athlete, you know, my sister had the same problem with her volleyball uniform. Her tushies hanging out, everything is, you know, in those days, everything was sexy. And if you're not real confident in that stuff and you have to stand up and on a block in a bathing suit or on a diving board in front of your whole school, thighs hanging out. And my dad used to say, thunder thighs, thunder thighs to my sister. And she stopped swimming. Wow. And so, you know, when you look at some of these things, and this is just my story, you know, every girl has their own story, but you know, when you put your body on display and you're there to win. I never got conscious of my arms until my swim coach started calling them guns. And then my dad saying, Hey, you know, those big, strong thighs, no girl wants to hear that, you know, when she's developing. And I think, you know, some of these things, what ended up happening, Lee, by the time I was older, I would stop eating, had an apple like every other day. And I would make sure that I didn't have big thunder thighs in my swimsuit. I would tuck my stomach in as far as I could, suck it in to try to be up on the starting blocks. Who does that? Somebody who feels self-conscious, who's, I'm, I'm not concentrating on winning. I'm standing up there on the block shaking because my girlfriends are there, my boyfriends in the audience, my ex-boyfriend, what are they all saying about me? That's crazy talk to have on the blocks. Oh, it is crazy talk. And you know what? Where the, the craziest talk goes on? In your head. That's it. It was all in here. And you know, nobody put it in there. You know, that was all me. That was all me to look and see who's in the audience and become self-conscious. That was me doing that. Absolutely. You know, you've got those little ants those automatic negative thoughts, but they're so fast that you don't even realize oh, that you yeah. have them. You just, all of a sudden you're irritable or you're sad or you're mad or you're doubting yourself even more. Yep. Yep. And, and so, then, you know, and then it, it did, it took years. Yeah. I ended up passing out at the place that I worked in college and they're like, when's the last time you ate? You know, I couldn't remember. And I worked at food service, so, you know, didn't have any nibbles or anything. And sure enough, you know, went there and started meeting with the college psychologist and she helped me understand these things. And I will tell you still to this day, when I go out, I will check to make sure, do I look too big, too small, too, you know, I don't think those things ever go away, but I think you learn how to manage them. They don't go away. They live in your subconscious. Yep. And, and you manage them in your conscious. But, and this is a true fact, every second your brain will take in an amazing amount, like 11 million bits of data. Mm -hmm. Only 40 bits of data can be processed on your conscious level. We don't have to do the math. Where's <laughs> it all going on? It's in your subconscious. You know, and I always tell my kids, listen to your gut. What? Yeah, listen to your gut because I believe that's your subconscious. Talk about the gut-brain connection. I mean, when you look at the connection between the brain and the body, you know, I used to think, oh my gosh, the heart is the most important organ we have. 
because when it stops beating, you die. Right. Well, guess what? Who tells the heart to beat? The brain. The brain. Well, and I think, you know, like when, when I was teaching my kids to growing up, you know, we spent a lot of time in court with my ex-husband and, you know, lawyers can make things sound certain ways. You know, there's a lot of, and my kids would come home and go, mom, I don't even know what the truth is anymore. And I would say, you know what, when somebody tells you something, do your head check, heart check, gut check, you know, does it sound right in your head? Cause sometimes, you know, we live in an era of Google where everything's about being right. It's right or wrong. Look it up. Google it. Well, that's only part of the information. Then you have your heart check. Like, how does that feel? Like, sometimes my ex-husband would say things that sounded like a compliment, but I'd feel really hurt, you know, because people, people are good at this stuff. And then if you look at your gut and go, wow, well, my gut is really nervous. You know, we get a lot of feedback from all three, but I always start with my head. And that's, you're starting at the right spot. You absolutely are. And I think that more and more we're beginning to understand that, that the importance of, of the brain. Mm-hmm. I've had people, I mean, you can go into the grocery store and pick up a Time magazine on the brain. You can, you can, the brain is everywhere. And I think that's a blessing. Help us all understand the importance of it. And instead of being, you know, if a doctor says you need to take medication, to help you think and and maybe you do maybe that does work for you but for some people it doesn't work right you know, stop and think about well, why do I need why isn't it not working right well or how about this one I can't tell you how many times my mom would tell me and friends would say do not drink that like Diet Mountain Dew don't drink that Diet Coke you're gonna be up all night and I would say, but you don't understand when I drink one of those, like I started in college, I didn't drink them Lee to stay up at night. I drank them because then I could sit down and read. (laughs) Yeah. Little stimulation does help. Yeah. You know, like some of this, like that's what I'm saying is like the same thing, you know, I could give it to my sister and she'd be up all night. You know, she cannot tolerate caffeine at all. You know, caffeine seems to help me focus, seems to calm me down. I normally have a lot of energy, but you know, what works for one might not work for the other. Absolutely. And that's such a good point because, you know, I work with families and it usually starts with the kids Mm -hmm. because, and then the the parents will see, Oh my gosh, my kids are so much better. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had some of those issues And I'll say, yep, the nut doesn't fall far from the tree. (laughs) That's right. And we'll work with the parents. And then sometimes even the grandparents will come in. Because brain waves are just as genetic as anything else. And, you know, we talk about dysregulation. It's genetically how you're wired is is a piece of it. And anytime you hit your head, you change the way those neurons and dendrites are wiring and firing. If you have a sibling, You've hit your head. I mean, <laughs> That's right. I have a BB in my leg to prove it. <laughs> there you go. Be, be glad it's in the leg and not yeah, exactly. Well, if your my brother tells you to dance, my little brother, you you should probably dance. <laughs> or else he'll he'll create fire under my feet. He did. He fired and bounced off the cement floor of our home in Buffalo and then shot into my leg. And then my older brother put a Band-Aid on it and said, don't tell mom. So to this day, it's still in there. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? That taps into emotional trauma because emotional trauma creates regulation. 
And, you know, by the time you're grown, you, you know, you talked about your marriage. You mm -hmm. came home one day and your husband said, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, that's emotional trauma. And that lives on in the subconscious, even though you tell yourself it's okay. I'm better off without him. You know, blah, 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 blah. It still hurts and it still goes round and round and round. And it changes like, you know, these things like this was the one thing I learned. It changed everything about me for a period of time. I lost my confidence to speak. I lost my confidence to write. I lost, you know, when the person you love most in the world tells you you're a loser and a jerk and walks out and I don't want to be married to you anymore. And this person, this new person is so much better than you. And you're there with two little babies, Lee. I would say three years of my life was spent trying to recover my worth. Mm -hmm. And it still well, pops three, up, you know. Three years of your life was spent trying to process that trauma and yeah. that happened. And that creates stress. Sure. And you throw stress in there and those adrenal glands start kicking out all that cortisol that cortisol can get into the gray and the white matter of the brain where all that little wiring firing is going on. So, I mean, life, life, we all have trauma. Sure. And it, it, people say, oh, I've never had trauma. Okay. Well, when you decide to get your head out of the sand, yes. you know, then call well, Or maybe they had so much trauma that like they're just walking around a fog going, I have nothing wrong with me. There you go. That's, you're exactly right. There's two yeah. ends of that stick. Yeah, because what I found is my, I call it my journey back to health, you know, because I did have two small children at the time. I was still breastfeeding and, you know, my mom was diagnosed with cancer and, you know, a lot going on in that period of time. And I didn't realize how unhealthy and how poorly my brain was functioning until it wasn't. Because in the time, the one thing about your brain is you're like, you don't really know it's not working that well. You have all these other signs, you know, like to me to write something for a publishing contract took me like four months, something that today might take me a couple weeks, you know, so I could look at the effectiveness, but when it's you. You're just, you know, I lose my keys all the time in that time period. I couldn't remember checks I had written. You know, I would lose my credit cards. I'd leave, you know, it at the, the market. You know, things that I would never do today. And I don't think you can tell someone who's either in trauma or in what I call brain crisis. Because mm -hmm. they, they can't remember their keys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to be able to have that self-reflection of going, well, you know, I'm losing my keys so much because I've been traumatized, you know, like now I can look back 10 years ago and go, wow, I'm lucky I didn't kill someone with my car. Well, and you know, you don't stop and realize you're stuck in that fight or flight mode. Yeah. You know, it goes back to the caveman days when he'd walk out of that cave and he was looking around like, what's out there? You know? Do I fight it or do I flight? I mean, we still have that. That's a basic sense of survival. But when you stay stuck in that fight or flight stage, then it creates major dysregulation. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, when I really got excited about brains, I'm going to tell you, I was sitting in the domestic violence court 
and I was sitting there with a lady and my two kids, I had brought a friend with me to help watch the kids while I was there. And, you know, you're in the middle of this, you know, court lobby and there's lots of noise and everything. This lady sits down next to me and, you know, there's nothing to do. So we're just kind of chit-chatting. And she's like, yeah, I'm here, you know, because of my husband and he hit me and I'm like, yeah, me too. And, and she's like, yeah, but she's like, I want to tell you something interesting that happened. He was working for FedEx and some bunch of boxes fell over and it bonked him in the head really bad. And he lost his memory and he came back and she has a good relationship with him now. And she's like, I don't know. You know, she was an older lady and she's like, I don't know. She's like, you know, my whole marriage, he was yelling at me. Nothing was ever good at me, yelling at my kids, whatever. So she finally gets fed up enough. He's hit her a few times. She goes to file and then he gets injured. So she was actually there to, to do something with her paperwork because he wasn't the same person. And I was so fascinated by that story to go, how did this person who yelled at her, abused her, did all this stuff, gets hit in the head with a box and then comes back because she said he was like in a coma, you know, it was bad. But then he woke up and he was happy. He was kind. He didn't have a lot of memories of them together. He had very little. He didn't have any childhood memories, which made me wonder what started all this. Mm -hmm. But he came back a different person. That was a blessing. Yeah, it was a huge blessing. Like I probably, you know, the angel probably threw the box at the guy's I agree. (laughs) You know, but the point is like if our, if a brain injury could change this whole man's personality after what, 40 something years of marriage, what does that mean for us? Like in what our brain controls in our personality? you know, in our likes and dislikes. And, you know, so if we change what we put in our brain through either, you know, drugs, prescriptions, but also in food and nutrition, does that have the power to change us? That's my question for you. Well, you know, I certainly have heard a lot of stories about medication and the side effects Mm -hmm. and how that's changed somebody's life. And I think that food you know, sugar is a neurotoxin. Now, is it for everybody? No, but for a lot of people, it is. Food dyes can affect a lot of people. Some people, you mentioned caffeine. Some people are very sensitive to it. We all know that, you know, alcohol is. Or steroids, you know. I mean, addiction is a brain disease. You know, people are like, no, it's not. It's just a bunch of bad choices. Well, it started with a bunch of bad choices. But it's a brain disease wow. and it's how that person's brain is, is working. You know, anytime you do something that you like, let's say you're online and, and it's maybe it's Facebook or maybe you're online shopping or maybe you're gambling online, you know, and the brain's going, wow, I like this. I like this. this is fun. And so the brain starts kicking out dopamine and dopamine is a really feel good neurotransmitter. It's like, oh, yeah. And, you know, and those little nerve cells, they get all confused. It starts off, they like this. They like this. And then it's, you know what? I want this. And then I need this. So how, what goes on in the brain and what impacts those neurotransmitters 
it, a lot is diet. No, it's what you eat. Um, sleep is sleep is your foundation. And more and more research is coming out that shows that dementia and Alzheimer's disease, it's linked to insomnia. Because all day long, you got those little neurons and dendrites wiring and firing, and they're creating toxic waste. And the only time these little glial cells come out is when you're asleep. You go to sleep and here comes the scrubbing bubbles, you know, and they clean it all up. So it, your, your brain only weighs three pounds and it is so vulnerable and it is so fragile. And when I hear people, I mean, I, I'm amazed that people get hit in the head with a bat and they shake it off and they're able they're able to come back and then i'll talk to somebody that hit their head on the kitchen counter and they've lost their memory yep. so it's it's there's no template to say your brain's going to do this or your brain's going to work this way and that is what makes it fun and fascinating it is like it's because it's like this like massive puzzle to be solved and one of the things like i do like to play with my brain i'll be honest like i i when i was really stressed out you know during that period of time Lee, i got dr joseph gallenberger sent me um a bunch of these guided meditation cds with binaural beats and so i converted ah, them yeah. onto my phone and he's like Sam, you need to balance your brain at night. Like he's like, you're just like, and I, I thought about like Brainiac from the planet Smartron, remember from the superheroes, he had that light bulb head and it was shorting out and sparking. Cause that's what I told him what I felt like. I'm like, you know, Dr. G, this is what it feels like. And he's like, okay. So I did, I started using just these simple music. Uh -huh. And I'm like, how has this balanced my brain? But Lee, it took so much down. I don't even know what it did. I just know it worked. And now I'm like Pavlov's dog. Stressful day, put on Dr. G. You know, stressful day, binaural beats. Like, yep. you know, who would think? It is amazing. And all the binaural beats are their frequencies. And that is all that we have going on in our brain. We have fast, medium, and slow ones. And we need them all, but we need the right amount. Mm. And with those binaural beats, it, it, balancing getting the brain, calming that brain down. You know, nine times out of 10, everybody that I talk to, first thing we have to do, let's calm that brain. Yep, down. calm that brain down. Because it does, it feels like my brain's on fire. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that you appreciate the brain. And it sounds like that you have, as you grew up, you grew up quick and you accomplished a lot very, very quick. That doesn't mean you are guaranteed a great life. Nope. Um, you've, I think you've suffered as much trauma as you have benefited from goodness. And so I think you understand the brain at a little bit better level than a lot of people do. And I think that that is what, if we can create a basic understanding of the brain and get the, get the attitude that, you know what? It's okay if you go through a time where you're depressed. Yep. It is okay if you're anxious. It's okay if you're grieving for your mom today. Sure. You know, all of that is okay. Instead of the old mentality was, oh, mental health, taboo. Right. Suck it up. 
power through it. Get over it. Absolutely. And that, you know, if we can change that and help people just say, you know what? I, I need to talk about this. I need to learn more about this because I need to manage this. Right now, this is managing me. Right. And that's not where you want to be. No. And, you know, the one thing that always bugged me, and I am a certified fitness instructor, you know, I will be honest, I think, you know, physical health like that is really important. Um, but I'm amazed that we can get certified and do all this stuff for everybody accepts muscle building. Everybody expects thinner thighs in 30 days and we're willing to work on our thighs. And pay a lot of money for that. Yes. You know, or to have the girls, you know, lifted, elevated and perky. Oh, yeah. You know, but yet the most, one of the most important parts of our body that drives everything, our brain, we don't attend to at all. We don't think about like, and to be fair, I didn't either, you know, until a lot of this stuff happened to me. And I was watching my mom with all the drugs, you know, and her chemotherapy and, you know, looking at her brain and thinking like, is my mom still there? You know, like at different parts, like the brain's making her breathe, but she's not really here. Like I couldn't feel her at certain times. And, you know, a lot of these raised a lot of questions for me. But when I had my kids, I'm like, God, their brains are driving everything. You know, like there you put. You can, like for me, I had the choice of, do you put a phone in front of a kid or do you put a book or do you put blocks or heaven forbid you do this, Lee, you put nothing and let them use their creativity and, you know, maybe pick lint off the carpet or walk over to see the dog. Like heaven forbid, you know, a child should just sit, um, you know, but all of those things, you know, influence. And when I look at what I did too, Lee, to help myself, and this was a, 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 under the advice of a professional, I got rid of everything that was negative or sad influences in my media. I no Excellent. longer went on, you know, especially like right after my mom died, I was like, God, my mom's dead. I'm up to my ears and dead. I have to go to court. I got two kids. One's pulling out his eyebrows. The other one's rocking and thumbing his lips. Like I'm 3000 miles from home. And I feel really sorry for myself. And I would sit in the parking lot of the courtroom and cry and be like, I am the only one in the world going through all this. It was like wave after wave, you know, in the ocean. And so my therapist at the time was like, you know, she said, San, just get off of social media, cut the news off, watch reruns of the Big Bang Theory, you know, old Frasers. I love Lucy. I, I supplemented all the stuff. I, I started reading only romance novels. And all of those things. See where that got you? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it helped. Yeah. It helped. It changed because it kept my thoughts going down that train road or that train track into feeling sorry for myself. My thoughts did that Lee. Nobody made me do that. And so being able to start getting better at controlling my thoughts and a lot of it was just replacing it with something. You know, I get hooked into a big bang theory. I get hooked into an old Frasier, you know, something funny like that to keep me from going down until I was strong enough not to go down that road. And, the, you know, the good news is if you stick with it, you will get strong enough. Yes. It's a rocky road. 
and you know, I'm sure you're you're pretty human. There were days. Oh. Okay. You know, I got to get up and do this again tomorrow. Yeah. Stink. But but you did. Yeah. And that's that is what's important. You did, and you came out. You know, and I always tell people, and I say, you know, I'm 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 feeling anxious. What do I do? I don't, I just, I'm going to change. I don't want to feel it. And I'm like, you know what I would do? I'd lean into it. Yeah. I'd embrace it because that is the only way you get out on the other side. That's right. That's, I learned that with my mom's death. You know, I was watching all my brothers and sisters, you know, it's kind of, not that it's fun, but it's fun when you have a big family and somebody dies, you see like how everybody deals with it differently. And one of my aunts said, Sam, you got to feel the grief. You just have to sit with it. It'll pass. Cause I was yeah. fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. And I kept holding on to it. And then finally I just sat down and I'm like, and it's amazing when you really try to feel something, Lee, you can't feel it for very long. Like when you fully feel mad, you can't stay mad for long. You can't stay sad for long. You can't stay anxious for long. Like it, it just seems to wear itself out. If you lean into it, you'll get right on through it. I really do. I honestly do believe that. And I think that, but that takes self-confidence and that, that takes belief in yourself. And those are two things that are, at times are very difficult to have. Yeah. And fear, your friend fear is always there. And so fear comes in if I don't do it, you know, just, just, you can't do it. You know, you can't do it. Can't and it's it. hard. Mine came down to just blind faith trust. You know, my therapist that I was working with and the doctor I was working with, they would just tell me and I'd be like, you know what? I, I don't know if I can do it, but I'm just going to try. I'm just going to do it. Not even try. I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to trust that you're giving me the right instructions. Because I do think sometimes when you're really lost and broken, you got to hold on to something. Oh, absolutely. And I think that relationship you have with a therapist is so important um, because if you trust somebody and you believe in your heart that they they really want to help you, yeah. you're you're so much more flexible and you're willing. Okay, oh, I can do okay. this. I'm gonna do this. You know, yeah. I'm gonna do it. Um, and and so I always encourage that, that the relationship you have with your therapist is fundamental. Yep. And a really good one, like I'll tell you, a really good one like I have is like a co-parent to me now because my mom is dead. My dad is elderly and I'm raising these kids. I'm not married. So I don't have the spouse to bounce ideas off of. And I don't always want to share with my friends what's going on with my kids, especially it's, you know, privacy issues. Like they don't, my friends don't need to know these things, but I can call up Vicki and say, you know, wow, Vicki, like, you know, the kids did this today and I wasn't sure how I felt about it and I didn't know what to do. And a good therapist can walk you through that and help figure out what to do in a way that preserves you, preserves the relationship, helps build harmony and rapport in the family. Like I think every, you know, especially every single mom, honestly, needs to have a good therapist in her corner because there's so many feelings about being a single mom and you're so tired and it's so hard sometimes. And to me, she's like a co-parent to me, like a really wise co-parent. Absolutely. And can it can be a little bit more objective than yes. you can. 
because she's not caught up in the emotion. She can hear it in your voice, yep. but she's not feeling it like you are. And sometimes just having somebody say, you know what, say that again and stop and listen to what you're saying. Yeah. And I will, and I'll be like, oh, well, yeah, I don't think that's what I wanted to say. So, or you say it, it's a safe place to say something out loud, what you're really thinking. And then you realize how stupid it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Cause that happens to me a lot. She'll be like, okay. She goes, tell me what you're thinking. And I'll say it. And she goes, now tell me what you're really thinking. Vicki, I'm a disaster. <laughs> you're not a disaster. You just had a bad day. You know, you're a company owner, a mom, you help all these women. She's like, you can be a disaster. And she'll look at her watch and go two minutes. And then the disaster's over. Like, okay. Time's up. Time's up. Time's up. So um, I think, you know, Lee, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on today was to start to demystify too. what is therapy? Because I think everybody thinks, because I always tell people, they're like, why do you still go to a therapist? Like, are you not fixed yet? And I'm like, I don't go to the therapist to get fixed. I go to my therapist so I can continue to improve. Like, you know, I, I ended up, I'm going to just tell you this because you'll love the story. I ended up with my great therapist because my ex-husband and his current wife at the time were having pro, uh, blended family problems. And of course it was all my fault. So they, the therapist called me in, <laughs> right, because we, you know, shared children and stuff. And the longest short of it, which is really hilarious, is the, the wife and the ex-husband brought me in. I stayed with her like we're on like year 12 or 13 now. You know, they've moved on to other things, but you know, what a great gift. Absolutely. It was a great gift. And you know, it's funny you say that because I had a client come in today and she's like, you know, this therapy is so different. And I said, well, well, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you know, I just come in and we just start talking and and, you know, she said in the past, you know, some therapists take the approach today, we're going to discuss this yes. and we're going to work on this. And she's like, and I, you know, I'm a psychotherapist, I'm a neurotherapist and I'm very eclectic. I'm always doing all kinds of things, but she's like, this is just not ever what I thought therapy would be. And I said, well, are you getting better? And she's like, oh, heck yeah. <laughs> and I said, are, you know, I said, well, are you cool with it? And she's like, oh, heck yeah. I said, okay, then let's just rock on. Right. You know? So, yeah, the perception is that you have to be like, and you can be lost in Bergen. I sure was. But I didn't go, Lee, because I felt I needed to go. I was brought in because of a fractious family dynamic. And thank God, because I stumbled upon, and then, you know, she called me after, and she says, you know, I think I can really help you. And I said, okay. <laughs> like, there, was, there wasn't any more than that, Lee. It wasn't like some big strategy. Like, you know, when you think of, like, all these people going, like, you know, well, why do you go to a therapist? What do you have to do? You have to choose a therapist. You have to, I didn't do any of that. I just said, okay. It just happened. Yep. You know, and you were open enough to receive because I think a lot of times things do try to happen and we're so inflexible yeah. that we can't receive. And, you know, be open to receive 
is something that, and I believe if you're open, something good is going to come your way every single day. Every single time, you know, and if you had ever asked me growing up, you know, would I ever be living in Southern California as a single mom on the radio, going to therapy once a week, having a business coach, having a personal trainer, I'd be like, you are out of your cotton picking mind. I almost married an egg farmer in high school. So, <laughs> you know, we don't know what life is going to bring us, but there's all these great tools out there. And, you know, insurance covers it. There's sliding scale. And I got news for you. If you don't like the one you're going to, go to another one. Absolutely. Because you know, you'll find the right one. You know, I've been to a couple with my kids, you know, my kids, I, I give them that support because I feel like a therapist, a good therapist can give your kids tools that a parent can't. They can talk to the kids in ways that you can't because there's no familial relationship. There's no punishment after. You know, well, it's, just, it's just being comfortable. I mean, there are things that I, that I wouldn't want to say to my husband because I know he would immediately think, wow, I mean, she, wow, she's really hurting. How am I going to help? You know, and I, I don't, I don't want you to fix me. I just want you to listen to me because if I process it and talk through it, I know how to fix me. Right. I just got to calm that brain down and let it happen. Yeah. And talk it out. You know, for some of us, talking it out. And, you know, I like a therapist because it doesn't put my friends in awkward positions. Absolutely. You know, stuff that I talk to my friends about, and there are stuff that I talk to my therapist about, and not that it's anything bad or egregious or crazy or anything like that. It's just, I want my friendships to be my friendships. And then I want my personal work. Like I would never talk to my friends about my personal training workout for my body with my trainer. So, you know, we go to these different things and, you know, that's, that's why I'm so glad that you're here today because I want people to see that it's, it's a friendly, fun process. Yeah. You're going to shed some tears, but you're going to lighten up and you're going to laugh a lot. Yes, absolutely. I don't think people realize that. So, um, oh my gosh, we're, we're at the end of our, our show. I want to thank Lee. Lee, thank you for being my guest today. Where can people find out more about you and to get a copy of your book? Well, first, thank you so much for having me. And I am literally all over the place. I've got that good old-fashioned website, thebrainperformancecenter.com. I'm on YouTube with the channel, LinkedIn, Lee Richardson, Brain Performance Center, the book is on Amazon as well as my website. So, and I, I so appreciate you sharing your time with me today. Me too. Me too. If I was living closer to you, I'd be signing right up because I just think there's so much to know and so much to do. And we get to help each other in ways that we can't imagine. So if you're listening today and you're thinking about maybe you'd like someone to talk to, or maybe you want to talk about what's going on with your kids or your marriage or, or help some things, there are things out there that you can do. You don't have to suffer and um, you'll be glad you did. We'll be back again next week. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach.